Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Zoomies. I'm Adriana Milne, your podcast podcast host, and uh, we are here in lovely Karen presenting to you our podcast. So we are welcoming everybody on board, and we're trying to get some topics, new topics that we can share with you. And in regards, um, I've got some friends that will be moving home into the new next month, into the near future. Some of the friends are going interstate. Some others happen to relocate to new areas. And then uh, we are just in an informal chat talking about well, if you're looking for a new house, uh, a new place to live. So how are you going to go about? How are you going to find a place? Like you might have a, a great house, but you've got a certain type of dog that somehow might not suit that sort of... Um, that kind of house setup that you've got, the, the block might be in a busy corner, all that. So here we are, we're going to share some tips for you, some things to look for, forward and um, when you're sh- looking for and hunting for a new place to live. Adriana Milne, Pet Pals Dog Training, your local dog trainer. So starting, what would you more or less consider when looking for a new house? So please, um, some suggestions is to actually visit different times of the day, the places you're considering. So you actually can check the neighborhood, the adjoining noises to the property, the the people and whoever's going to live next door to you, and if they've got dogs, you know, the types of dogs that they've got, and you think it's going to be okay if um, you've got children and all other sort of noises and their habits. You might have few things that you might be aware of, you might not be so keen in, uh, in having in a neighbor next door to you and others uh, you might quite enjoy. Okay, it's good to have a chat and observe. So then when you're looking for the house and the property, what are you going to see in terms of property types and layouts? Considering then the floor plan, okay, if uh, a good living area, a space, and a space that your dog is going to chill out and relax, so is this new house, the floor plan, is it a nice floor plan that you actually think is going to suit your lifestyle? And then think about your dog. Has it got a calm spot? Okay. So are, are the backyard fences safe, for example? Or before you were considering if you're really going to go for a particular property, you're going to need a lot of fixing, or it might be a type of property that's totally open on the front and haven't got a fence, or it needs some side fence done and some adjustments and, um, you know, fixing. Could be broken parts, and or you might just simply do not like the type of fence available. So there are points to considering and um, involving costs as well that could add up to the, to the purchase. Uh, the, some of the grass is available. So is there plenty of sniffing opportunity for your dog? If the dog is going to be kept part of the day on the backyard, is it all paved off? Have you got floor beds and plants and things that your dog can sniff on a regular basis? Have you got grass? And if not, obviously, you're going to need to take your dog out more often. Okay, And then when it's in the case of apartments, definitely. If you choose an apartment, you need to take your dog out much more often for outings and sniffing opportunities out there because they must have them on a daily basis. So in case like flower beds lay out, are they going to be okay for my dog? Or you're going to need to be fencing slightly, you know, in case you've got a very young puppy that might be very curious and might want to explore all the flowers, the plants, and the things you might have there. 
including that you have to keep in mind you need to really research the types of plants that are not they are not safe for dogs or puppies to be around. Uh, for example, some of the hydrangeas uh, can be quite dangerous if ingested the flowers and the um, you know parts of the plant for the dog be actually little. The birds of paradise, agopanthus, they are so common in a lot of properties. And they're actually weeds, considering weeds, and they're po toxic for dogs, okay, including horses as well, in the f for a matter of fact. So if you've got areas with pebbles, for example, that you think if you've got a puppy, they might be mm, a bit of a worry if they start exploring and trying to mouth and bite and ingest pebbles, okay? If you've got fruit trees that can drop fruit, and so the dog can eat it, you know? Because the stones of fruit can be very dangerous for the dogs. It, they can not be ingested. And in case you've got, you might need to slightly fence it off some of the areas. The gates of this property, are they secured? Do they have, um, for example, high transit area just across the gates of the front garden? And if it does, could you actually block your dog access to it? And uh, when you're not home, so you are going to avoid the dog barking at pedestrians and things going by. Because the point of view of the dog, um, some breeds and some types of dogs may be more territorial than others. And when uh, some of the types of dogs that get accessed on a regular basis to a window, and if you leave uh, facing a high transit area, some types of dogs will be there barking all day long. Um, if led to. Some other types might be calm, chill out, but you really need, you know your dog by now, you know. Yeah, training can be done, but if you got a dog that is highly territorial, the more access it has to window in your home, the worse will be the behavior, okay? So you don't want it to practice unwanted behavior. There are things that you can do about, uh, including I highly suggest uh, talking to a dog trainer to try to revert the situation. In case of established trees with plenty of shade for your dog, so if the dog is part of the day outside and you get a hot day and you can't access the house, at least you got a plenty shade, tree shade, okay? And you can put the water bowls as well so it gets nice and cool for the dog. And you can have a nice sleepy bed to have a, a little afternoon siesta nap. If the dog is going to be kept in the backyard part of the time, you know, stalking before, when you are at work, has it have a covered area that, apart from shade, can actually protect the dog in case the weather turns nasty and start raining heavy? Okay, so otherwise the poor dog's going to get wet. Um, and in this case, the bedding, if you're going to use a kennel for your dog, you could put a kennel in this protected area as well. And in regards to kennel, just keep in mind, not all dogs... Uh, use kennels and uh, sometimes it's just depending on the way they got introduced in first place to the kennel if uh, you have to introduce slowly make a positive association pull for example a few kong well, kong filled with food and start putting inside the kennel a nice comfy soft blanket or a bedding for him and ideally if it could be close to the living area because if you put the kennel in an area where and there's nobody around, the dog won't use it because they like being close to family, okay? So, um, in regards to curtains as well, uh, you can uh, sometimes, the type of house with windows, you can use blinds and curtains to try to block off that uh, visual stimuli of uh, high transit areas ahead of you on the street. Uh, so that will avoid your dog going on a protective mode all day long. 
The same goes for dogs. They have access to a fenced garden uh, in a busy street or even on a balcony. And if you have the option of having a good-sized backyard, an area that's quiet and safe, and please keep the dog there. So it's actually much better if you got a quieter spot at the back than have your dog barking in the front to whoever passes. So there's less barking opportunity and uh, then on the noisy front garden. And you can use a sand pit as well for the dog to dig there instead of starting to open holes out over the lawn. Uh, you can use environment enrichment toys uh, and trying to make your backyard as much fun as possible. Please keep in mind that different breeds of dogs have different needs. Uh, but enough floor space and a quiet area space is very important and essential for them to rest, so for our dogs. In the case of townhouses, please keep in mind that some dogs may not use uh, upstairs. They're not used to go up floors and use top floor areas. An older dog might actually struggle going up and downstairs and may need to have its living quarters downstairs. And in the case of a young and bouncy puppy, it needs to be introduced to these stairs very carefully. Otherwise, in the excitement, it could actually roll down the stairs and get hurt because they are very excitable, excitable types of pups. You know, they just go running, but on the way down, they're not used to that sort of, um, you know, the different levels coming down. And on the excitement, they just come too full on and end up rolling and could hurt themselves. Very serious. For them, you might need a little kid's gate, a safety gate, to block access to the upper level when you are not home to guide the dog. And when you're home, you could gently put the dog maybe initially on the lead so it goes up with you slowly, okay, in different levels, very slowly, following you. In regards to flooring, okay, carpets show much more stains than dirty in the dirty paw prints uh, and pore marks of your dog. But if getting a property with a lot of carpets, you always have the option to change the surfacing, that if you want to put tiles to make it easy for you. But you can always, in the case, then keep towels very close to the entrance and to the garage door. So when you go out to walk in your dog, you can, when you come back, return back home to wipe the dog paws in these towels after the outings. And that's especially when you get wet weather. If your floor plan... Um, so the, sorry, actually, if the plan is actually to put a doggy door in this new home, try to choose an area with tiles, for example, a tile mills area that actually leads to the backyard and put a mat right in front of the doggy door. So that will absorb some dirt once the dog comes back in from the backyard, coming back indoors. So that will at least lies a little surface that's not slippery and can absorb a bit of the dirt when it bounces back inside. Floorboards can actually be very, very slippery, and they show the paw scratches a lot, especially if you don't keep your paw, the, um, the nails trimmed regularly from your dog. So if deciding for a house with quite a bit of floorboards, use some carpet runs in the biggest transit areas and living areas that your dog um, comes and will come with you. For example, the entrance hall, the living area, and areas where the dog stays the most. Keeping in mind that you can always buy some lino and get a piece that can actually uh, be put in a certain area as per need. 
For example, if you get a new puppy and you'll be going uh, out a lot when you go to for work, for example, and you decided that you're going to have a playpen to keep the puppy on those very short times that you're not going to be home. So you can put a liner to, you know, like just a covering around this playpen. And uh, so it's better than to have them uh, cardboard, for example, because the cardboard, the puppy is going to be very inquisitive and it's very likely start chewing cardboard and it'll become a mess. Will be shredded to pieces this cardboard. So your flooring needs to be um, like moisture and stain resistant. When checking properties, please keep in mind the and check for the textured laminate, scratch resistant flooring, no slip tiles, vinyl, bamboo, or cork flooring might be advisable types of surfacing for dogs. Okay, so we are going to go for a short break just now. And thank you for listening to Zoomies on Radio Karen with Adriana Mill. Hey folks, join us at the Radio Karen Trivia Night on Friday the 1st of March at the Karen Patterson Lake Sports Pavilion. Tickets are only $25 per person and includes entry into our door prize and a drink on arrival. Wonderful. Don't pass up this opportunity to win bragging rights for the rest of the year and win some fabulous prizes. Tickets are still available at Radio Caram's website, radiocaram.org. We'll see you there, folks. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Zoomies, your dog podcast on Radio Karen with Adriana Mill. So continue on the topic of looking for a new home for yourself uh, to move, like in the future or when the opportunity comes up, when you think it's time to just go somewhere new. So before you move, keep your dog introduced and go and introduce to a new area before you actually do the moving. If there is a dog of leash area nearby, it's a great chance for you actually to start visiting this dog of leash area with your dog. So it gets introduced to the new friends, the new dogs, the new people that is going to uh, come across in the new future. And on your day off, you can start taking your dog for local walks in this new area, to the local shops, to the cafes. So you'll get used bit by bit to new sights, sounds, and smells of this future uh, homely area where you'll be moving to. And in regards to your vet, if you decide in a new vet, you will need to get your dog's health history transferred to this new vet. A copy of its vaccination certificate. You're going to need to change your dog details with the new local council of the area you'll be moving to register your dog with the new council area, to update the dog's microchipping records with your new address. It seems a lot to do, but it's actually if you make a list in advance before you go and just tick, 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 and if you plan well ahead, it makes all much easier by the time the time uh, arrives, you know, and you just things go and run much smoothly. Some things you may be able to do in advance. So 
if you normally use uh, some pet professional services on a regular basis for your dog or for your puppy, for example, a pet sitter, a dog walker, in the case of the vet, I mentioned a doggy daycare, you can do a lot of research in, um, on social media or just by Googling around and maybe asking recommendations from your future local vet of who they will recommend in the new area. And just call them. Call them and have, get a feel, have a chat, and see if they're a good fit to you know, work with you and that you rely your dog. Check their qualifications. And um, as I said, because if it's a new area, you're going to have to start from scratch, establishing all over context again. And when the final time comes, the moving time, so it depends on your dog's temperament. It can be sometimes stressful for some dogs. It's not a bad idea on the moving day to actually board your dog into a boarding facility or to have him or her staying in a pet minder place or in a family relative place for the day or for the one or two days that the whole moving is going to take place. It's going to take the time to do it. So there's actually less chance for the dog escaping as you have uh, in your present home people coming in and out, the removal loading furniture into trucks, boxes into cars and trucks. So plus strangers coming into the home. And not all dogs are okay having strangers coming in the home. Less risk of having doors left open or a gap and your dog escaping. So if you don't have... So then you don't actually have to worry about your dog and you can only focus on the moving itself. It makes uh, a lot more peace of mind. When the dog actually arrives into the new home, think ahead and how you are going to set this new home for the dog, the new place for the dog. So where is going to be the sleeping area, the main living area is going to be for your dog. Sometimes the dogs naturally goes and start feeling comfy in some spots and then it gives a great, great hint where you're going to be establishing your dog. It can be close to a lovely window, a quiet spot where it gets a bit of sun that it can have the bed and snooze on a nice warm place. Um, so then you can put the bedding, the food, the water bowls, the toys in these chosen areas. And when the dog comes, introduce it very slowly to the place. Let it sniff around, get familiarized to its new surroundings. You can show the backyard where you set up its outdoor bed, water bowl. And uh, so do it very gently, bit by bit. So um, in the case, there are some occasions that uh, moving to a new place might put your do to dog toilet training a little bit backwards. Um, but sometimes they might just want to mark the new place if it keeps taking to the... You keep the basics once again, just go back to basics, and then and as soon as they go to the designated spot, they would like to toilet outside. You just, uh, you know, you reward them, say, uh, your marker, or if you want to say good boy, good girl, give a little treat, and bit by bit, they just go back to their normal routine, and they have their favorite spots to do the business outside. Spend time with your dog in the backyard as well, because it's all new to them. There's a lot to take in. So make them very comfortable. Make everything very comfortable for your dog from straight away as you arrive. And if you encounter any problems, do liaise with your new vet or a force-free dog trainer professional for some guidance, okay? Which types of problems you might find. It just can vary. Could be a very barky, noisy dog that suddenly goes up and down the fence, teasing your dog. And if you cannot 
block access to your dog on the adjoining area could create a bit of a problem, might have ways to address this, or it could be that suddenly the your living area has like a very wide, broad windows and your dog may not have been so used to that sort of too much visual stimuli at the front and seeing people all the time, noises all the time, uh, pedestrians up and down a lot. And so each house is different um, or it could be a unit, much more smaller space and you don't have a chance to have a, a backyard. So your dog living area mostly may be on the front or the courtyard and um, there's a lot of transit as well. And then you don't want the barking, you know, to escalate. So there's ways to set up and things to do. That would be the best suggestion. And sometimes you can work out yourself, but sometimes you get stuck and you might need a hand. So we are going to go for another short break. And a pleasure to have you here listening to Zoomies on Radio Karen. Oi, 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 oi. IGA is shopping nice. IGA, where the price is right. Seaford North IGA for your groceries and liquor. IGA Express, there's nothing quicker. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Zoomies with Adriana Mion from Pet Pals Dog Training. We Zoomies on Radio Karen. Now we're going to do a little bit of dog training tips. Yeah. So we are sometimes, um, when you get a, a young puppy, it depends on the time of in your life when you got or the year that you got. Some people got puppies uh, when they was doing the COVID period and it represented a lot of challenges because people couldn't come and visit each other, family members, like dropping by like they used to. So some of those dogs didn't get enough socialization like they ideally should have had. So if you are now uh, thinking already just got a puppy, is a much better moment in a sense that that period is not 100% over, but there's much more, uh, things have reopened in a much larger scale. So nobody's prohibited to visit each other at this present time. So when you get a puppy, it's nice to have people dropping by and uh, like some relatives at a slow pace, but on a regular basis. Because then your dog is going, your puppy is going to start getting used to having people coming. Don't protect the home. So as I mentioned before, some breeds can be more territorial than others. It's great if you do the puppy school and take your dog uh, when he becomes junior and juvenile and teenage years to a dog school. But don't forget, it's important to have people transiting sometimes into your home. And actually, if you've got a cleaner who helps you doing the cleaning... Uh, weekly or on a fortnightly, that's actually a great thing for your dog because you're going to have people coming in, you know, like the dog's going to be used to have people coming. And uh, it's not just like a short period. It's great to meet people outside as well, but it's quite important to have people coming regularly. You might not be the highly entertainment type of person. You don't throw dinners all the time or, you know, don't have people <laughs> over for games and stuff. But even then, someone to visit, it is quite important not just in the beginning of the, the puppy life, but throughout, regularly. So, as I mentioned, visits to the home can be great. And other things is when you actually go in outside and uh, on your time out, especially when you got more flexibility, say if your days off are on a weekend, to actually take your dog, not only walking on the same areas over and over again, but do activities that actually involve other people. You know, we could do a barbecue, could go suddenly to um, visiting another friend that has a friendly dog that you like to introduce 
your puppy, your young dog too. And you can go to a cafe, meet your friends there, so you can practice the mat training uh, and settling your dog for calm uh, on a cafe environment. You can go for walks together. If you got a... Um, lovely neighbors uh, that have dogs that you'd like to your dog to be introduced to, why not to plan maybe once a week to go for a nice walk together, if your times permit. You know, but on a regular basis, not just once in a while. Because this proximity to people, you know, and good experiences is so important for the confidence levels of your dog. So you would not end up with a dog that um, could become reactive to people. Okay? Because that has happened during a lot of the COVID period. And has been uh, a lot of some of the topics and things that um, dog trainers face on dog consultations out there. Right. So I wanted now to just share with you some curious facts about um, dogs in general. So some of the curious facts that I wanted to share with you is, if you know the, the breed, the big dog, gorgeous breed called the Alaska Malamute, is actually a dog breed that is the closest genetically to the gray wolf. Another fact is, when two dogs meet, sniffing is a very important ritual that identifies each dog to the other. And for dogs, a small amount of secretion from the annual sex is actually passed each time the bowel motion happens. And this helps a dog market's territory, and identifying individual dogs out there. And now some curious facts about puppies. All newborn puppies are actually deaf. They start reacting to sounds at about 10 days of age. They start hearing a lot better at about six weeks of age. Puppies, apart from blind, they have their, when they're born, they have the eyelids closed. And their brains are actually very poorly developed at that stage. But at around 10, 14 days of age, the eyes start opening and they start receiving light. And at about three weeks of age, slowly the vision develops. At about six weeks, the pups start seeing a lot more as the reti retina matures. And in regards to teenage dogs now, they will reach uh, an adult age at different times. It depends on the breeds. There are some breeds that mature later. For example, Irish Wolfhound, the Great Danes. But normally it's around the 12 to more or less up to 14 months of age. So maturity is actually physically, sexually, and emotionally maturity. Because teenage dogs, their brains are still getting developed, and they assess things very differently. They may spook at silly things, and they might have uh, an over-the-top reaction at times to few things. So um, that's just some other facts, uh, curious facts that I wanted to share today. Um, I have some others um, the following weeks. And we're just going for another short break. And you're listening to Zoomies with Adriana Milne on Radio Karen. Don't worry about a thing. Because Atticus Health will make you feel all right. Don't worry 
about a thing. Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright. If you got a tummy ache, or you don't feel right, or if you have a nasty rash, keeping you up at night. Don't worry. Don't worry. About a thing. Don't worry. <laughs> Cause Atticus Health will make, make you feel alright. Welcome back everyone. I'm Adriana Milne and with Zoomy is our doggy podcast on Radio Karen. I wanted to talk about some events coming up shortly. One is actually just this Sunday. And I was browsing in online and I came across this one and I thought, it's that's cool. Uh, it's called actually Paint Your Dog. So it's a paint and a sip class, sip of drinking. <laughs> so have you ever thought of learning how to paint your own dog and to be guided throughout the process in a fun class? So I found a business called Paint for Fun. And uh, they've got these classes called the Paint and Sip class. And you actually is bring your own drinks. You can bring wine, beer, and then nibbles your dog. And please bring your creative juices, you know, because you're going to be entertained quite a bit. I'll, so there is a certain fee, and I'll tell you where to find more information about this. All the materials are actually provided by the, this fee. And uh, then you take your dog's portrait home with you. And it's actually very close to a certain train station, and there's parking available out there. It's actually happening this Sunday, the 11th of February, from 1.45 p.m. to 4.45 p.m. And the tickets are $68.41, and you can find um, information on www.eventbright.com.au. And I'll spell E-V-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E dot com dot A-U. So, uh, and it's under the Paint for Funds Studios. The address is 252 Graham Street, Port Melbourne. No, it's not very close, but it is a very interesting one. And if it's too close in time and, you know, it's Mac Bang now on Sunday, you don't have time to because you've got other plans, they have regular classes. So you can check them online. They're going to have other dates for you to, uh, to come and, you know, be able to, to do these classes as well. But I thought that is pretty interesting. You might be a bit clumsy, um, you know, painter or drawer, but why not? Why not to have a go and have fun while doing? Uh, another one that I found is on the 3rd of March. is actually the Walk for Pet Wellness, a charity event. And it's a dog walk. It's going to happen at Docklands in Melbourne. Okay, 3rd of March, coming up. And then the last thing today that I was going to talk is uh, dog beaches. You know, it's still under summer regulations, and uh, but uh, we have dog beaches that you can take your dog 24 hours a day. And where are they located? At Bayside, you have the Brighton Dog Beach, and you check on the Bayside website. You're going to come uh, information about this. And as well in Menton. And in Menton, it's just uh, almost coming out of the Charman Road. If you park your car around nearby Charman Road, then you cross the street, and there's a dog beach just there. And you'll be very well signed for you. And obviously, the one close to us in the Kingston is uh, the Caron, in between Caron and Seaford. Uh, so you go to Kingston website, and you've got the information out there. Uh, and it's very interesting, because then if your dog likes going to the beach throughout the year, 
uh, and you've got flexibility of time. And you have to understand, if you go, oh, my dog can't go to the beach on the other times. Well, the other times you can, early morning, Kingston, you know, uh, up to about 9.30 can. But the fact is you have to think that if someone likes going and swimming and got children they take to the beach and they've got sometimes little snackies and little lunch things, if the dogs come on top, it'll be very disturbing for them. Uh, if someone is some baking, have dogs coming right on top, running through them, that's that's actually rude. Yeah, a lot of people get annoyed. And after half past seven, uh, you can have the dog on a leash during summer regulations. And the reasons behind is, well, dogs can still come and enjoy uh, being out there, but uh, some people like swimming after work and in a hot day, so they can't have dogs coming and running through them as well. So there's reasons behind. Once it comes April, at the end of March, early April now starts the, the autumn regulations and things become much more flexible again. So we live in a community and we share our open spaces with everybody else. And I mean, it's fair enough. It's just some months of the year and you've got the great option of these uh, other dog beaches to enjoy. So I think that's it for today. And uh, thank you so much for being with us on this lovely sunny afternoon here in Carroll. And I wish you a wonderful, fun weekend with your dogs. Okay, have a great time with them. Take them out and about uh, enjoying different experiences. And I'll be seeing you in a fortnight and we'll have some interviews coming up. Okay, great pleasure to be with you today, guys. And bye. Thank you.